Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 12 of Decoding Joseph. We are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. 
They are about 11 key life principles to decode from the story of Joseph. And we are still, we're just about to wrap up principle category number one, which is our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. And we have decoded this as the character attitude Joseph must have had to overcome the terrible things that happened in the earlier parts of his life. And, and even as we continue to traverse the life of Joseph, you will see the same character attribute show up time and time again, because even after Joseph is betrayed by his brothers, they want to kill him. One of, one of his brothers kind of talks them out of it. They resort to plan B, which is sell him as a slave. He's sold off into Egypt as a slave and starts at the lowest rank in his master's house and eventually rises to the top. But things later on take a, an awkward or not very good time. In fact, a terrible time where uh, the scriptures say Joseph was a, was a good looking guy. And so his master's wife tried to sleep with him. Joseph refused and she framed him that he had tried to rape her. And so he ends up in jail. We also know that such, such a things actually, we know that this has happened. We've heard about this happening so many times in the world where someone is framed for, um, raping someone, they end up in prison or they're framed for doing something they didn't do. And, and, and basically most of that, they, they waste most of, most of their, you know, best years of their life are stolen from them. So one thing about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't hide things that, you know, it, it, it's not this book that just only talks about the good things of life. It talks about the nasty stuff. The Bible is real. The Bible is raw. And it has all examples that we can apply to our own lives. So we're looking at this story of a guy who's betrayed and somehow how does he get into his master's house and rise to the top? And in hindsight, of course, we're using hindsight to decode that he must have this, he must have had this attitude of saying, I'm not going to let the bad things that have happened to me define the kind of person that I need to be today. And in the last two episodes, it's been very interesting episodes because I feel that they do apply to the culture and times we live in. And the theme of the last two episodes, episode 10 and 11, were the theme was this issue that we have in culture today of comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, comparing our lives to other people's lives, being so involved in the nitty gritty, all the minute details that are going on in other people's life that we forget about our own lives, being interested in watching superhero movies, playing games where you can develop a character as he 
um, you, you, you're building this character by, by discovering new talents and hidden powers that the game creators uh, put within the game. But we somehow, when it comes to our own lives, we, we just, we're not able to. When it comes to our own life, we run away from every challenge. Not realizing that even in all a lot of these movies we watch, the superheroes are actually built by the antagonist. Every good antagonist creates even a better protagonist. You know, this is what we see in movies. These are the things that we admire. Then we also talked about not that, that we tend to also admire other people's giftings and think that they are more superior to our giftings because maybe their gift puts them on TV and yours might not that you downplay your gifting. And I did share from my own personal life that the Lord was dealing with me on that and saying, you need, so Calvin, you need to appreciate the your giftings that I've given you because other people will defend, will depend on the masterpiece of your giftings to be able to be inspired in their own arenas. You see, an athlete who shows up on the field and is able to perform something amazing that you watch and go, wow, he needs to also be inspired before he gets on the field. You know, they, he, he or she might be inspired by a good piece of poetry, by a good movie, by good music, you know, the energy that they have before the game might come from a good meal that was prepared by someone who was dedicated to preparing the best kind of meal that they could. So our gifts are not exclusive. Our gifts depend on each other because life is like a beautiful canvas where it's like, it's like a paint and we need all the colors to show up. We need red to be red. We need blue to be the best kind of blue or we need blue to manifest all the shades of blue that it can. We need that for green. We need pink. We need purple. We need yellow. We need all the colors of the palette. And every color or every shade of a color represents a gifting. You know, we need water painters. We need oil painters. We need digital painters. Because all these forms of art are beautiful in their own lane. And so we need to move away from focusing on other people's lives. Because the more you focus on everything that's happening around you, the less time you have to focus on your own life. And a really cool scripture has been Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, that says, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the honor of kings to search out a thing. Meaning God has hidden or concealed so many beautiful giftings in your own life. And it should be your duty and honor to search them out and discover them. 
So that was the theme of the last two episodes. So now, where do we go from here? We see a guy called Joseph get sold into slavery by his brothers. That's how bad it is. And we have a history of slavery in our world today. We have a history of discriminatory systems in our culture and prejudice systems. But you know, one thing that we notice, one thing that we can learn from this guy called Joseph is Joseph didn't stay tied to his previous circumstances. It's not that he ignored his past. He just didn't let his past define him. He chose to rise above his past. There is no way someone with such recent trauma, especially from your very family, there's no way they would at their next stop, like a guy like Joseph, go on to be the best in class if he didn't intentionally choose every single day to say, no, I can't let what my family did to me define me today. You don't rise to the occasion of service and be the best employee while you're still throwing around a pity party every day. While you're pointing to every reason why you should be the worst performing employee. That's not how you rise to be the best employee at your company. So Joseph must have looked at everything that just that happened to him and said, you know what? Yes, it's true that there seem to be a lot of things against me right now. And I don't know why this has happened and why that happened. But I have to move on. But I have to move on. You see, there's a scripture that says in Ephesians chapter 6, it's a very powerful scripture. It says, let me let me quickly find it here because I, I want to make sure I read it right. He says, he, he says, wherefore, this is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. And he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You see, in life, 
some people have their evil day all show up on the same day. Some people go through the first part of their life with no evil day. And then maybe their evil day shows up in their 50s. To some people, their evil day doesn't show up all at the same time. It shows up in bits and pieces. Some of it shows up in your 20s. Some of it showed up when you were a teen. Some of it shows up in your 30s. But the whole point is saying that you may be able to stand in the evil day. So for Joseph, a lot, a big part of his evil day showed up at once. Betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. And this is the thing about life, is that sometimes, again, we're talking about comparing your life with other people's as one of the themes of the last episode. So you might look at someone who hasn't really gone through hardship. And you might think that they're never going to go through hardship for the rest of their life. That's not true. In fact, I had God deal with me on this thing. Is it stop comparing how much hardship people have gone through? Because you start to feel like, you know, life is only against you because maybe let's say you're, let's say you're 35. I don't know. Let's say what, let's say you're 35 and you're looking at someone else who's up to their, you know, they're also 35, but for as far as you're talking about your life experiences, man, it just looks like life has been a breeze for them. And so, and yet for you, things are hard. Yet for you, it seems like every every time, every corner you turn, there's something, you know, there's an evil, evil day waiting for you. And it's very easy to get discouraged. And I remember God encouraging me and saying, no, 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 no. Everybody has an evil season. So don't, you who's going through your evil season right now, be glad. Honestly. Because you're not going to go through this part of life again. Now, that's not to say that you wish everybody to have their evil day. You know, but the, but the point is, you do not know. If, let's say, you were, you were standing with someone and you're comparing your life with someone else. And for you, things have been hard up to the point you're 35. And then the other person seems like it's been a breeze. You do not know. What kind of turmoil life is going to throw at them the moment they, you know, between when they are 40 and 50? You do not know. And so you will change positions. And now for you, from the time you're 35, let's say for the next whatever, you're not really having evil days. You're not really having the big challenges, the big things that troubled you in life. But now this person whose evil day was ahead of them is now cursing life because they feel like, you know, they feel like almost they can't even bank on the good years that they had because for them now it feels like their future is just filled with trouble. It's just filled with an evil day. 
So scripture is giving you insight that everybody's going to have an evil season when things will not go right. When you might be laid off, when you might not be able to work, you might not be able to earn. You know, you, you, you are not married. And you're looking at all other couples, all your peers who are married, and they seem to be enjoying themselves. And they got married when they're little, when they were younger than you. And you're not yet married, and it's been five years. And your business is, you know, you, 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 your business is just struggling. Other people's businesses around you look like they're thriving. But you know what? If you're going through your evil day right now, I just want to encourage you. But just get through it. You, you're not going to live your whole life with just through just an evil season. Psalms 23 says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. Which means there's a time in your life when you'll have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Whether it's through your marriage, your business, your school. But the point is, when that evil day shows up, make sure you go through it. It's just a season. And so God was challenging me and encouraging me at the same time and saying, if you've gone through life, if life has been hard for you up to this age, don't, you know, like, don't think that the rest of life is going to be like that. Don't look at other people who haven't dealt with stuff and think that they're just having it and think that for the rest of their life, they're going to have it easy breezy. No, because it says that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Meaning it will show up. Everybody will have an evil season show up. And you can only pray for them. Whoever hasn't gone through an evil season that they don't fall apart. And right now, if you know someone who's going through an evil day and you haven't really gone through that part of life, what you should be doing is praying for them and encouraging them. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Wow, that you may be able to stand, my goodness, that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. An evil season will show up for everybody. Don't compare your life. And this is where people start to get angry at God because you look at someone else's life and you share life stories and man, it looks like their life has just been easy breezy, lemon squeezy. And yet your own life up to this point has been filled with turmoil. 
and you start to hate your life and you start to think that why is it that life is just only against you because other people don't seem to be, life doesn't seem to be against them no 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 it says that you may be able to stand in the evil day meaning that person may not be going through their season right now but life will test them life tests everybody life tests everybody it's life that's why it's called life life tests everybody so in a nutshell to summarize all the above here's what i'm learning and applying to conquer my life every day and the first point of intentionality for me has been my mindset change a refocusing of my mind a change in my mental attitude to say you know what i'm not going to let things that have happened in the past in every area of my life business relationships even with my relationship with god affect new possibilities a change in my mental attitude a change in my mental attitude and i've also decided that i'm not going to let my mind run me anymore i am done with that I'm not going to just let my mind just run me anymore. I'm done with that. I will run my mind. I am going to treat my mind like a dog on a leash. It's going to think healthy, positively, and encouragingly. The battlefield of the mind the 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 arena of the battle of life is in the mind it comes down to the mind comes down to up here that's where the arena is the battle of life the arena is in the mind your mind is your factory start to think of your mind as a factory where you produce different products every good every good product you can see out there is made in here every product you're selling or putting out there was made in here inside your mind so you have to stop letting things about other people's life live rent free in your mind your mind is your mind and you just can't let all this junk just flood into your mind 
Why should you rent out your mental real estate to things, to people, to details, things that don't benefit you, that don't put food on your table? Why? It's my mind. I should only store things that are going to benefit me. Why should you rent out your mental real estate to hating on someone else? Why? Why, 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 why? Having envy on them, being jealous of them. Why should you drink poison and expect the other person to die? Why? Why should you be thinking that you're not good enough to do this or that and trying to calculate what so-and-so thinks about you and what they say about you? Do you know how much brain power and management all of this requires? And we keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And that's why we're dealing with this mental health epidemic. And now we're prescribing pills, classifying all sorts of mental disorders and thinking people were born with them. Instead of taking people back to the basics and saying, this is the problem with our culture. And realizing that we've spent so much brain power storing and processing information of everybody else's life but ours. Who cares? If I miss out on knowing and finding out that so-and-so broke up with so-and-so, then be it. Then be it. Honestly, like if I miss out on seeing how awesome your vacation was on Instagram, then be it. then be it. We like to laugh at people and say, oh, this person's living under a rock. But honestly, I, I've just gotten to a point where I'd rather be looked at as living under a rock and peaceful and with absolute control over my mental real estate than be current on everything and everyone, but with no peace at all. Some, some of you know everything about everyone. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? You know, you know everything about the politics that's happening in the U.S. You don't live in the U.S. About this country in China, you don't even live there. About every other country, about things on politics, things about schools, things about relationship. You just know everything about everything. Why? It doesn't put food on your table. I have made an intentional conscious decision that the only raw materials I'll accept in my mental fa uh, factory are the products that I intend to sell. The battlefield of the mind is the arena is where you win or lose. the game of life.
It's in the mind. You know, instead, I would rather process process uh, images and thoughts of where you see your life advancing to. You know? Um, instead of spending your time processing all the negative things about your life and why you can't make it and why you won't be able to do it and and then on top of that, you start to also process um, all these other kind of, you know, right now we have another epidemic of, of, of a sexually charged culture. You know, I've been, I've been delivered from that. I, I didn't see it before, but everything's been sexualized. Oh my goodness. Now, on top of our minds, this is how bad things are right now. On top of your minds being filled with every single, maybe real news or fake news, every detail about so-and-so and so-and-so and this and this and that and that. And, and 80% of your brain capacity is used up. And then our culture now has dumped just sexualizing everything. We are a generation that is so sexually charged that I, I it's, it's crazy. You know, I don't even, I'm not on TikTok. And uh, once in a while, when someone sends me a TikTok, you know, I'll go and watch it. But it's almost like these guys, like, like, it's almost like the next video they recommend is just someone who's naked. And I'm like, I just can't do this. Like, can you allow us? Can you allow us not to just have everything sexually charged? Can you please allow us? Like, I don't know what's wrong with TikTok. I'm not even on there. So it's not like you can really say that I have a profile on there and like these, these accounts that I follow and these recommendations are curated based on my history. No, it's almost like every time I watch a video on TikTok, I could be watching, someone could send me a funny video about, I don't know, it could be about a, a dog, I don't know, I don't know, a dog barking or singing or whatever. But the moment I just allow the next TikTok to play or maybe swipe up or down, it's just nudity. I'm like, what is going on? And then you look on, on the number of likes and comments and it's like 260,000 likes and 20,000 comments and 1 million views. And the next one is like that. And on one side, we are crying out about how this generation, about how, how the millennials are, are being 
destroyed by mental health. Oh, mental health is such a problem in our society today. And, and we should put measures and we should put funds. Yeah, no. We need to change. People need to start putting watch over their minds. It's that simple. You cannot expect to spend all this scrolling and taking in junk and details about every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and then allowing all these sexually charged fantasies to just keep on building up in your mind. Allowing any phone perceptions about people that you don't even know about to just be stored up in the database of your mind and think that you're going to be left with any peace. No. I'm not going to meet you for 10 minutes and then start doing math on how bad or nice you are or try to calculate whether you are worthy of the house you live in, the car you, you drove, or the man or woman you're married to, the type of work you do and so forth. No. I just don't have time. But we live in a culture that's so sexually charged. Our minds don't even have time for conceptualizing uh, other things. There's just not enough room left in our mental hard drives to process anything about our own lives. If it's not a meme, it's 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 um it's I don't know. There's just too much happening, man. It's it's just bad. But the sexually charged atmosphere is just like, I mean, I, I almost just threw my phone away. I watched this TikTok and next thing I saw was just some half-naked girl. I'm like, what? Like, is this the best that you can really recommend for me? Like, why are they trying? Why are you trying to force this down our throats? Like, oh my goodness. On one side, <laughs> this is the stupidity and vanity of culture. On one side, they'll complain about um, <laughs> uh, abuse and being looked at as people being looked at as pieces of meat and all of this. On the other side, it's like it's it's like it's my body, my choice. I can do whatever I want. Honestly, you, you, you can't, like, on one side, you're allowing every person to show up nude and naked, and you don't understand that these images are being charged and changing people's behaviors because of constant bombardment with sexually charged fantasies and these images and videos and whatever, and they're allowing them and then once you get on the other side of all the negative things that happen, the side effects that come from them, you start complaining about them. But you're not dealing with the real root cause. This is what we're dealing with today. You need to get to a point where you're so occupied with your life right now 
that your hands are full with your own life, that you just don't care about anything anymore. You don't care about other people anymore. Not in the sense of like you don't care about them, but I mean like you don't care about every single detail that's going on in their life. You have to be so engulfed in your own life. You have to keep asking yourself, does this put food on my table? And if it doesn't put food on your table, honey, if it doesn't add peace to you, if it's going to leave you stuck in wonderland and fantasy land, then don't indulge. Don't indulge. Because when you're, when you're being consumed with this information, you don't know that you're building up strongholds in your mind. And the moment some things enter your mind, it becomes a struggle to take them out. Because once they're embedded into the memory chip of your brain, your brain starts to run on those images and process them and torture you and torment you. And this is what has happened to culture today. The music we listen to, the music we have running on repeat in our ears. I, you know, my, my taste in music has changed completely. That even just listening to clean music alone, uh, music that's not just, just dirty music, derogatory music, like music that does not really inspire me. Even, I can't even listen to, you know, like just good music all day 24-7. I just need my mind to have some peace and quiet. But some people always have music playing in their ears. On the train, at the gym, everywhere, even at home. Like you, you, don't, you don't give your mind some room to process natural sound. Your mind is now running on synthetic sounds. And, and the music you play in the background is building images and images and images and images. You think you're just listening to music to pump you up, but it's creating images in your subconscious. And then those images start to torment you. I've decided, let me miss out on knowing about all the details happening in your life. Because there's no price for peace. Your peace is too precious. If it costs you your peace, it's not worth it. There is no price tag you can put on having control over your mind. The world right now is paying top dollar right now to anyone who will help them control their mind. It's that bad. You need therapists and doctor's appointment, 
every week, every other day. You need therapy sessions every single... I mean, it's a good thing. I encourage you that you're trying to put a grip on it. But I'm saying the world, people are paying top dollar so that they can get their minds back. People are realizing they can run away from everything else, but they are stuck with this, with, with, with these things called their heads. You can go on a good vacation and post all these pictures that will portray that you are having the best vacation, but were you really? Were you having peace on that vacation? Because you see, you still went to that vacation with your crappy mind. Because your head will talk and take you places you don't want to be and make you feel ways you don't want to feel. And now it's a sickness called mental health that people are trying to cure with the most complicated solutions and drugs and medication and all these scientific solutions and all this stuff. But yet, the simplest, most guaranteed and effective solution is being ignored. It's called unplugging. It's called unplugging. U-N-P-L-U-G-I-N-G. It's called unplugging. It's called unplugging. The more channels you are plugged into, the less control you have over your mind. Your mind is like a hard drive. You only have so much real estate in there. The more junk you have, in there, the more junk you process. All the inputs to your spirit, to your soul, to your mind, to your body. Isn't it interesting that everything we can put into our body, into our spirit, into our soul is on our head? The eye get, the ear get, and the mouth get. If you can control the eye get, the ear get, the mouth get, you are covered. You see, I don't care how much you meditate or how many therapy sessions you pay for. If you do not have locks on your eye gate, ear gate, and mouth gate, you're losing, you're playing a losing battle. You will not win the battlefield of the mind. The eye gate, ear gate, and mouth gate are the three entry points into our spirit, soul, mind and body. Like Proverbs chapter 25 verses 28 says, this is so powerful. It says, like a city 
whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. A person without self-control is like a city with broken, with broken down walls. Another translation says, he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. My goodness. This bears repeating. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. In Lehman's language, this is what one translation says. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. If you don't have control over your eye get, ear get, and mouth get, you're like a house with doors and windows knocked out. All that we become, whether physically, spiritually, emotionally, or mentally, is as a result of the self-control we have over those three gates. All that we become, whether it's physically, spiritually, emotionally, or mentally, is as a result of the self-control we have over those three gates. The I get, the ear get, and the mouth gate. If you have no self-control over any of those gates, it starts to spiral from your mind into your heart. And that's when things hit the fan because these two scriptures from the book of Proverbs confirm that. Proverbs 23, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. It says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So this tells us, it says, Before it gets down into your heart to become your person, the scripture is clearly telling us that the mind is where the raw materials come in. Those three gets, the, those three gets that you have in your head, the eye get, ear get, and the mouth get. That's where the raw materials come in. Then once it comes through your mind, it goes down into your heart, which is the production center of man's soul. Listen to this. The raw materials come in through those three gates. The eye get, ear get, and the mouth get. And then once they come in through your mind, it goes down into your heart, which is the production center of our being. The heart of man is your spirit. That's where the manufacturing happens. 
How do we know this? So before, before the final product comes out, there's a way in which you can just move back in the process. If you can only control your eye get, ear get, and mouth get, you can eliminate, if not all the trouble. Because once it comes down into your heart, because remember the scripture says, for as you think, then in your heart you become. And once it's down in your spirit, manufacturing starts to happen automatically. How do we know this? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flow the springs of life. Another translation says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This is so powerful. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So whether it's the springs coming out of me are bad or good, I have to backtrack and say, uh-oh, I let some nasty stuff in. But the only way to guard your heart is to protect your mind. And the only way we can protect our mind is we have to go back to those three gates, the eye gate, the ear gate, and also the mouth gate. How do you protect your heart? This is how this is how you do it. You have to put locks on your eye gate, your ear gate, and your mouth gate. The mind is the entry point. Once you process it long enough up here in your mind, it is then sent down to the production center, which is your heart. You know, which is which is a spirit. Our minds are where processing starts. And our heart is where all the final production happens. So processing starts up here. Then the production happens down there. The final outcomes of our lives, whether they are good or bad, the raw materials for these products coming through those three gates that the mind processes, then the mind processes those raw materials and sends, down, sends them down into the production center of your heart, which spins out products from there. So bad inputs, bad outputs. Good inputs, good outputs. The human mind and the heart were the first computer. There's a term, there's this term in software called GIGO, and it stands for garbage in, garbage out. Basically, all the computer outputs is from what you give it, what you input. It's that simple, folks. It's that simple. Garbage in, garbage out. Guys, there's no trick to this. We're trying to complicate this with complicated scientific solutions and technology apps and this and that. It's simple. Garbage in, garbage out. Input, output. Bad input, bad output. 
So where is the input? Where is the entry point? Eye get, ear get, mouth get. So before you go paying for $200 per hour counseling sessions, there's simple things that you can do that will have a magnanimous effect on your life. You know, there's simple things that you can do. How about walking around your own mind and just start to unplug some things? I remember a time when I had to walk around my own mind and start to unplug things and say, I don't need this anymore. I, I, I don't have five hours to spend on every nitty gritty about a basketball game. I don't have, I, I don't need this input channel anymore about so-and-so's life. Start to shut off some entry points in your mind. It was weirdly a very simple thing that I just started doing. And I've seen drastic improvements in how I feel, my whole well-being changed. I decided that I could no longer pay the price for peace. I couldn't even afford the price for peace. If it costs, I decided to start taking a walk around my mind. And I just started to unplug some channels. So all I do right now is watch over the entry points to my mind. I just keep watch over those three gates. And the factory of my spirit is spinning out good outcomes. Yes, there are things that have let into my spirit before that I'm asking the Lord to deal with me on. To say, I, this, I, to say, I don't need this in my system anymore. Lord, help me. Take it out. Help me. But I've come a long way. I've come a, a, a very long way. And I, all I started to do was just unplug some channels. And now I just watch the entry points. You know, I remember even applying this to something that was very, um, you know, there was a season, I think it was 2020, when there was a lot of, um, of all, there's a lot of videos that were coming out about prejudiced killings, you know, videos showing, you know, people being killed by, um, by police and, and all of these things. And all of all of these crazy things that we see, you know, all, all of things, all these killings that we, we can look at that you might say, okay, that's prejudice, maybe that's racist, that's this, that's that. And all, all of these kind of videos from, you know, a racial bias um, standpoint. And someone might say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm weird, but the truth is I never watch them fully. I don't. In fact, some of them I just refuse to. I 
I don't even think I ever watched fully the video of, of who was it? Is it yeah, George Floyd and some of those other videos. I just I I just do not yeah. I never watched them fully. Some of them I really hesitated to watch them. You know why? Most I will watch it one time. Most I will watch it one time. Because for me personally, I can only watch something that will rile me up so many times before my mind starts to process it and create rage and anger and hatred and create a signal of rage and anger and hatred into my heart. And then once it gets down into my heart, it's so hard to get out. And then I will start to walk around and look over my shoulder or have this hatred towards law enforcement. You know, for me, that's the approach I chose to take. And you can see, even when these things happen, you can see how people react to them. Some people have been riled up by this video so much that it's become their default setting. They, there's a hatred, there's a disgust, there's an anger that is in their spirit, you know, towards law enforcement or they will make side comments about a certain, you know, racial group and 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 in the moment you don't realize that you might be doing watching them or maybe from a point of view, you want to know all the details but you don't understand it starts to get into your mind and your mind starts to process it then it gets down into your heart and man once it gets down there you start to have envy and hatred and anger and you're walking around looking over your shoulder you, you you don't realize it, but you're uptight when you're in a group of white people. You're uptight when you're group when you're in a group of black people. You're uptight. You just don't know it. Your default system has changed. It's real. This stuff does happen. It's real. This stuff does happen. So what do you do then? What do you do? I I said, I will not keep watching anger content or such um, videos that will communicate racial bias or these things that will rile you up. Because you know, once my mind regurgitates it long enough, it's going to go down into my heart. And now I've got my hands full trying to eject it from my system. I've got this default behavior. You develop a default setting based on that. Then it starts to change how you interact with people of other races. You know, you can't comfortably live in a certain part of town because, oh, there's not enough black people. Or you can't live in some part of time because there's not enough white people. 
you start to let these things determine where you can live, where you can work. You start to act self-conscious around them without even intending to. But it all started by watching a bad video on loop. It's okay. Watch it one time. Fair enough. Watch it one time. But for you to have it on, on replay and, and have this thing on a loop and you're the one who's sending it to everybody and you're analyzing it and you're fast-forwarding and replaying and pausing, and it, it affects you. It starts to affect how you interact with people of other races. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is this. We're talking about the battlefield of the mind and saying this simple tactic most inexpensive tool that you can use today instead of trying to get every meditation app paying for expensive therapy sessions you can do use this trick called unplugging walk around your mind and start to unplug certain inputs into your spirit into your eye get ear get mouth get how about you unsubscribe from knowing everything about anybody and everybody out there as I said, we are more concerned and informed about celebrity so-and-so than our spouses, than our kids, than people we call our friends. You know? For example, before I ever got able to be totally you know, to, to be able to totally disconnect and lose interest in what's happening in everyone's life. I started by doing this. I'm just going to share from my own experience. You can take it. Basically, what I did, I said, okay, let's say you're on Instagram. Maybe you just scroll through images. Don't go into the comments. Don't click on the full profile and then spend time going through the person's profile like you're an investigator and then reading the comments on every picture on every post reading all their hashtags there's a healthy way to use social media i don't stay in the dark but i do things in a healthy manner so for you you can start off by just scrolling through and whatever you see you just take it at face value and you keep it going you don't need to read through all the comments, read all the hashtags, read this, read that. No. And also, when I was starting to unplug, one of the things I did, I would set a timer for social media. And, and sometimes I, I, you know, I may have to use this trick as well. Let's say before you go on any social media, you know, if you say, okay, I've, I need, and if you really feel like, okay, I want to see what's happening out there today, you know, I would set a timer. You know, like let's say 15 minutes or 20 minutes or even 30 minutes. If you're someone who's coming from like two and a half hours or three hours of social media consumption, you know, 30 minutes. But for me, 30 minutes on social media just starts to give me headache. Honestly, it does. Five minutes is all I need. Five minutes. Brrr, what's happening? Okay. I'm out. So you can set a timer, let's say for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or even 30 minutes if you're really coming from someone who's spending two and a half hours. And when, whenever that timer goes off, 
you close and that's it. You close and that's it. And some of the times I, I would do this thing where I'll say, okay, I can only go on social media once a day. So if I go into social media in the morning, that's it. I've used up my social media credit. Nothing in the afternoon, nothing in the evening, nothing at night. Now, if you go, you can say, okay, maybe during lunchtime or whatever, on my break, I might go on social media. You know, there's funny stuff on social media. So you can say, okay, lunchtime, I go on social media and that's it. You are not back on it in the evening, you know, back on it at nighttime. You basically say, I can only go on social media once a day. You know, at the beginning of taking back my mind, you know, and of course God was helping me, showing me, said, do this, I'll pray about it. So what should I do? What should I do? But at the beginning of taking back my mind by unplugging, I started setting a social media timer. And now what it did is it forced me to rethink how I would spend those 15, 20, those 15 or 20 minutes because I had to start being, it had to, it almost started becoming like ROI, return on investment, because either I spend all those 15 minutes scrolling through and investigating one person's profile, <laughs> or I just scroll through whatever the timeline gives me. And that gives me a general sense of what's happening in people's lives if I really want to know. So for me, I had to say, okay, I have 15 minutes on here. Now, am I going to spend all 15 minutes on one person's profile? One person's picture, comments and all? Or am I going to actually just uh, zoom, scroll through the whole timeline, see what's happening? And then I kind of get a temperature of the climate. And then I'm out. Then, but that was for Instagram. Then for Twitter and news places, let's say if I'm on any news outlet, I never really read details. If you can't tell me what it's all about in your heading, then too bad. Now, of course, it's really important. It's really important someone else, you know, someone else that has the time to read details as I said, you know, I just leave that to some of the people that will come and tell me. Uh, I look at headlines and that I look at the headlines and the you know and the caption. Now, now the problem is these days we have a lot of fake news, so someone can mislead you with a fake headline. So it's almost like these days you actually kind of want to dig in and find out the details because people just use weird headlines to catch attention. Now, some people might use misleading headlines to for clickbait but either way i'm protected from knowing the junk details and all the fake news in all the fake news article so whether it's a fake news article or a real news article um i don't have time for all the details i really don't i don't i just read okay this 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 subscript and sometimes if I really, I'll just probably click in and I will not spend more than 15 seconds. You know, I just, I just, I just scroll through. Just go. Yeah. Just scroll through as fast as I can. If I don't see your point, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like a Hulk over my mind. 
This has probably been, been one of the areas that I'm most impressed about in my personal development in the last two years. It has been over my mind. Oh my goodness. I'd lost control over my mind. All kinds of nasty images were coming through my mind. All kinds of just weird things. I'd lost control over my mind. And I, I had to ask the father. Now, I didn't get therapy anywhere. I just, I, I, I said, okay, of course it's the things that I'm exposing myself to. So let me start to unplug. And now I'm like a hawk over my mind. I'm patrolling it every second. Any junk that finds its way in there, I'm clicking eject immediately because I'm learning that whatever you believe in, whether you believe in God or not, every human being has the same battlefield and it's the mind. It, it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. Every human being has the, has the same battlefield and it's the mind, the battlefield of the mind. So if you win your mind, you win your life. The battle of the mind is a battle I've embraced and I'm throwing every Holy Ghost inspired weapon at it. I've come a long way in the area of purity of my mind. Oh my goodness. I'd lost that. All kind of images would come through my mind and I would process them. I'd lost dignity of looking at women in a dignified way. Instead of processing them as images. And I had to deal with that. And God worked on me. And I, I remember spending a whole year just ejecting, pulling out things that had long been in my mind and become my default setting. And the Lord worked with me. And it took about a year just for one area only. This is, I'm not even talking about dealing with other insecurities in life, but dealing with just one area of purity of mind. Oh my goodness. That was a tough battle. Took about 12 months. And when I got started to get back my pure mind that I remember having at the age of like 17, when I would just look at, you know, at women and just appreciate them for who they were and not sexualize and not think about uh, fornication and not just process them in a form of nudity and just remembering, I said, I remember, I said, how far have I fallen? Because my mind was pure when I was 17 or 18. I had a pure mind and I wanted to get back to that place. And eventually I started to fight and fight. A man becomes what he thinks about daily because it grows, it goes from your mind to your heart. And as the proverb said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it flow the issues of life. Even the scripture from Romans 12, chapter 2 tells us that even after we acknowledge our new identity in Christ, even after you give your life to, to Jesus Christ, even after you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't stop there. It's not enough. If you don't do this, you'll never experience victory. 
This is what it says. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can only be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what scripture is telling you. It's telling you there is no way around this. You have to renew your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I love what this other translation says. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. This is from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. This is what scripture is saying. Is there's no way around this, guys. And I love this other translation. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Wow. This is what I had to do with when it came to purity of my mind. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And then the next verse. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This is what I've been saying the whole time about tuning into everybody's life, tuning into everyone's so-and-so, everything that's happening in the world. You just don't have that liberty. It's deception. To think that you know everything about everyone, that that's currency. Don't be fooled. Knowing everything about everything that's happening about every, every single person. Takes away time from discovering the hidden treasures and giftings of your own life. This is what the scripture is saying. It's saying, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to the level of its immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-informed maturity. He develops well-formed maturity in you. Instead of being informed about everything that's happening in so-and-so's life, focus about yourself. The intentionality of focusing all your efforts and attention to the new possibilities of today, to new 
possibilities of a new relationship, a new partnership. It starts with renewing your mind. That's where victory starts. Renewing your mind to the fact that yesterday is gone, it's done. Don't try to get into tomorrow. You've got a whole lot of today to deal with. So, in conclusion, here are some points for us to wrap up with, and this will close out all the lessons that, at least for now, that we can learn. Principle category number one, which is all about don't let your past and upbringing define you. But of course, it evolved into how to deal with the mind, character, and so many beautiful things that we've been able to learn in the last, in these 12 episodes. So here is how I am learning to conquer life by applying this mental, uh, th this mindset shift. Every day when I wake up, I think, I embrace the truth that I am a new person. We looked at these scriptures before. It says, all things are dead. Whoever be in Christ is a new creation. In Christ, the old me is dead and gone. That's what the scripture tells you. It says, behold, all things have become new. And I apply the truth to the new day and say, okay, yesterday is gone. Today is a new day. You know? Review how you handled the day and get feedback. That's okay that you can use. But be purposeful about leaving all the shortcomings of yesterday in yesterday. Don't carry the guilt and the shame and the condemnation into today. And realize that whatever you admire or desire or appreciate in other people's lives is what they intentionally walked on or what they work on every day in secret. Recognize that you also have a unique purpose on this planet and embrace the challenge to be the star of your own movie. We've talked about that. No longer look at challenges that the universe that you face in life as the universe against you or as God against you Recognize that muscles are only built by resistance. You will only become the superhero of your life by conquering the obstacles in your life. The resistance that you're currently facing in your life is something you can use to grow into the superhero of your own movie, the movie of your life. You can actually use this resistance to your advantage by using it to bring out the best in you. This episode has been loaded. So many things that I, I that it has also reminded me about things that I need to get back on and apply. But guys, there's simple ways to deal with mental health. The world has made it seem like this 
epidemic that now needs trillions of dollars or billions of dollars because people want to make money from it. They're hiding the truth. The problem with this world right now is that if it's simple, sometimes people think it's ineffective. We think that solutions only come in the form of complexity, but it's not true. Let's go back to the basics. It's called unplugging. It's called unplugging. It's called unplugging and it's free. And I challenge you to start applying it. And above all, I want you to take a new interest, pick up a new desire in saying, I am gonna turn my life into a masterpiece. And you don't need anyone to cast you in your life. You're already the main actor, already the main actress. Embrace it. Let's wake up every day and say, I have another day to become the superhero in my own movie. I hope this episode blessed your heart. Thank you for listening. It's been a long one, but I hope it's really encouraged you and challenged you. Sela. This was episode 12 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. In the next episode, we'll dive into the second principal category that we can decode from the life of Joseph. And this is purpose. What's your purpose? You see, strength to endure the unknowns and storms of life comes from knowing your purpose on this planet. If you don't have a purpose, or if you don't know the guiding star, if you don't have a guiding star of reason and being and your existence, you will not have a strong foundation to overcome the storms that come your way. The reason Joseph was able to go through a storm such as being sold into slavery by his own brothers is because of the purpose of his life that God had revealed to him in a couple of dreams. So in the next episode, we'll explore this aspect of how knowing our purpose is the ultimate anchor to overcoming the storms of life. If you, without a shadow of a doubt, know where you're headed, it doesn't matter what strives to stop you in between. You will keep hanging on until you get to your destiny. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Pride, try to be my friend. I look them in the eye.
this and tell him no again Hit the road, leave my sight I don't wanna hear from you tonight When lured by the lust The whispers to my mind When I hear it laugh I can make you hide Hit the road, let me be You don't stand a chance against my king Yeah Cause greater is he Greater is he Greater is he that's in me in the world When sorrow takes my hand Inviting me to run I bury both my feet And pray my healing comes Run ahead, let me be Only Jesus sets me free When hopelessness knocks On my door like a friend is anybody home? Won't you please let me in? Hit the road, let me be. I don't open up to thieves. No. Cause greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he that's in me. Just my twin in him, Coy Leroy, Bruce Leroy. He got that glow in him. 
optimistic. I'm equipped with Christ's forgiveness. I stay lifted. Yeah. Just what it mean to be blessed. Yeah. I know the way to be blessed. Hey. Call me, I get you. Bless more. Surrounded myself with people who didn't love me back But then I found in myself a fountain of health But Instagram making me relapse Bless mo, you bout to profit, Creflo Yeah, I'm about to profit, Jethro Yeah, I was on lockdown, death row No Tupac, my God said let's go Hold up, doing my dance like techno Was a bad dude, now I'm booming like Metro Andy, you know the name of my set, bro Bless is a man that lives on the Metro Came out of fire, don't smell like smoke Cleaner than a bar of soap Man, that Holy Ghost got me in mo. 